0: I'm Dr. Paul Hambrick of UpperCervicalDocs.com. This is Upper Cervical Interviews. This interview is not with an upper cervical doctor. It's with Dr. Thomas Lamar, who is a podcasting chiropractor out of the state of Washington. And this was a uh, conversation that we had. He was broadcasting live from uh, New Beginnings. Uh, Dr. Lamar has become quite the ticket in chiropractic. He's been invited to several conventions to broadcast live. He's had the privilege of interviewing a uh, ton of famous chiropractors, including Reggie Gold and uh, Guy Reichman, and many, many others. And this was uh, this was a conversation that we had. We've known each we've known about each other for quite a while. Uh, um. Not a whole lot that I need to go into now because we cover quite a few topics in the interview. And so let's just get started. UpperCervicalDocs.com
1: Welcome everybody. Hi, this is Dr. Thomas Lamar of Spinal Column Radio.
0: And I'm Dr. Paul Hamburg of UpperCervicalDocs.com.
1: And I am coming to you on location at the Spring 2011 New Beginnings Chiropractic Weekend on the New Jersey coast.
0: And I'm coming to you from a little podunk studio in the Ozark Mountains of
1: Missouri. (laughs) We're going to do something a little different today on the program, aren't we, Paul? Yeah, we sure are you know, uh, we're actually simulcasting today. I'm a podcast chiropractor and so is Paul. And I was just thinking, Paul, is this even possible with podcasting to a simulcast?
0: Well, we're doing it.
1: (laughs) You know, we're just, we're just kind of making it up as we go. And, uh, I've never done anything quite like this. And I know Paul, you haven't either. Um, but, uh, you know, let's just, let's give this a show. Let's give it a shot.
0: Yeah. Um, Let me introduce you to uh, my listeners. Dr. Thomas Lamar is a chiropractor in Washington State, and he is a podcaster. You can hear him on SpinalColumnRadio.com, like he's already said. And because I've been listening, I can reveal to you that he is the father of six.
1: This is right. (laughs) Last time I counted. (laughs) <laughs> Let me introduce you. Uh, you're, you're listening to uh, Dr. Paul Hambrick on upper UpperCervicalDocs.com. He is a podcasting chiropractor like myself, specifically, though, for upper cervical chiropractors. Of course, we're going to talk about that and find out why he's podcasting and uh, also hear his story.
0: And uh, I thought a good way of doing this—I uh, think originally I had said let's do a, a double interview of each other. But really, what that is is a conversation. So we're going to have a conversation centered around various topics. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, Paul has uh, picked the topics. They're in a hermetically sealed envelope right now. <laughs> He's pulling them out. <laughs> so. And
0: as I open the envelope, topic number one: How did we meet?
1: You know, uh, I, I got an email from you as, as I recall, and, uh, you said that you heard me on, was it on the podcast answer man or, or was it Paul Ravens or tell me, I don't remember. Um, uh, I Cliff actually, yeah.
0: yes, I actually, uh, learned of you from Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. Um, I, uh, was desperately searching for somebody like Cliff Ravenscraft who, uh, could uh, give me advice on various aspects of podcasting and i don't know if you had just recently finished being a client of his but for whatever reason he was talking about you on a few of his shows and so i went and looked you up and that was right around the time that you were uh, releasing the episodes of bj palmer on the radio And what's interesting about that is I had just finished an interview with uh, a chiropractor, Dr. Gary Golombiewski, who actually might be there this weekend at the uh, uh, New Beginnings seminar that
1: you're at. You know what? Um, I have not seen Gary. However, I had the chance to meet him when I was here in the fall, the fall 2010 New Beginnings, and he came right up to me and... uh, started to show me his slideshow. I'm like, I've, I already know who you are. <laughs> and it was great. We, we, we had a, a great conversation. And um, But I haven't seen him this time. But, but there's a lot of people here. So it's possible that uh, we just haven't uh, hooked up.
0: Well, that's uh, at, at the same time you were publishing the BJ Palmer on the radio, I was publishing that interview with him. And uh, so I that's why I sent you the email. because Yeah, and, uh, and
1: I, I love that interview that you did by the way. It's, it's inspired me to do something similar, and I've got something working on the side, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get that out soon. But uh, just thank you for inspiring me with uh, kind of a creative way of doing a, a, an interview that would involve, you know, like looking at uh, pictures. I think that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Well, since then, our relationship has primarily been by email.
1: That's right. And I think, you know, that's that's one of the powers of podcasting is that it, it's Brings people to you know it, it's a uh, it's a form of networking and bringing people together for relationships and mm. you know I'm I'm really pleased to know you um not not only because you're a fellow chiropractor but a fellow podcaster and I think that's that's rather unique.
0: Likewise, likewise.
1: Anyway. All so, right. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to put this out there, Cliff Ravenscraft. For those of you who are listening, he is the podcast answer man at podcastanswerman and he really is a wealth of knowledge. He does a podcast on podcasting. And uh, like Paul, um, you know, I, I had some experience of you know, talking behind a microphone and, um, you know, I used to do it as a kid, and, but I didn't know how to podcast. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to actually get your voice out there. It's not necessarily incredibly complicated. There's just a lot of steps. And mm. so he was instrumental in helping me to kind of put it all together and uh, speed the learning up, the, the learning curve up quite a bit.
0: Right, you know what? That's what it was uh, that he was talking about was your article. Uh, what is a podcast? Uh, mm-hmm. He raves about it, and uh, and I think uh, I think that's why he was talking about you. Maybe you had just published that. Uh, but anyway, um, Doctor Lamar's well, what's a podcast page is. Uh, uh, there's no equal to it. Uh, it. It really explains in depth and with great detail that anybody can understand exactly what a podcast is.
1: Let me tell you the story behind that. And I think that you will understand, Paul, um, as, as a chiropractor, we encounter, or as chiropractors, I should say, we encounter people um, all the time that don't understand what it is that we do and perhaps even you more Paul because you, you you're an upper cervical doc mm. and so that's another level of ex, of you know explaining but the point is is that we have to take a concept that is foreign to people and put it into everyday language so they can understand it and they can own it mm. and so when I started this idea of doing a podcast I started talking to my patients about it before it even launched just to kinda of generate some excitement mm. and I actually was actually talking to the community about it so I was trying to generate a buzz and let people know and I was met with blank stares when I would say a podcast. They'd be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you know, and I'm like, so I started explaining what it is. And, and it just became, you know, just blatantly apparent that and I just felt this tug because I explained things all the time. I was like, I got to write something. Hmm. And because I had been I had been uh, reading a lot about podcasting, consulting with the podcast answer man, listening to his podcast, and I had so much information in my head, and I could just start to see it all come together, like nothing else that I had seen to date. But I just was able to kind of tie it all um, into, into a, a piece that I wrote, and and so I I did that, and then I had asked um, Cliff actually before I did. I said, "Do you think that?" This would be interesting to people if I wrote something along that line. And he said, oh, absolutely. You should give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. And then I didn't even really tell him about it at first. And then I thought, oh, he might get a kick out of this. And so I emailed it to him. And he came back and he's like, where did you get this? This is amazing. <laughs> did you write this? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this. I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. And, uh, and so he got real excited about it and goes, do you, would you mind if I – can I talk about it? Can I direct my listeners to it and my clients? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And so that was kind of my uh, my introduction. So here I am seven days into podcasting. We we launched on January 1st of 2010, and he talks about me on his show. And we mm-hmm. instantly, because of his mass following, we instantly, w- we, we were global. Yeah. It was sweet. It was really a nice push.
0: You know, I got to say, I was really impressed uh, uh, at one point I – uh, you must have made a blog entry about how you promoted your podcast because you had all these pictures up. You had a banner made. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, you were treating it like a like a business, and uh, I, I, that was really really impressive. I mean, you were taking it seriously, and uh, I, I got to give you kudos for that. That that's um, I, well, I, I you, don't man. know if if it was, you know, you, you realize just how powerful something like this could be, so you need to take it seriously, or if this is how you do everything, but (laughs) that was great.
1: I feel like you're interviewing me more right now. Um, (laughs) you know what, uh, I have always had a love for, for radio and the idea that I get a chance to actually do a, a passion of mine, you know, get behind a mic and talk. And I just, it was just, it was like a dream come true. Yeah. And and so I, I really wanted to, I wanted to hit it out of the park. And, um, and so it was all about creating a brand and letting people know about it. And so, yeah, you know, um, I've, I've done a lot to try to promote it to my community, not necessarily the globe or however that's changing right now, but, you know, especially I was trying to promote it, you know, just to the people in Kingston, Washington. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I, on my website, uh, if you go there, there's a page on the left hand column called promotion bin. And I've just kind of shared some of the things that we've done. We've had a podcast party and, you know, we've, we were, you know, featured at the bank as the business of the month and all I talked about my podcast and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's all fun. Yeah.
0: Well, we know you're from Washington, but is that where you grew up?
1: No, I grew up in Newport beach, California. Okay. And, uh, basically was born and raised in the area and, uh, went to college and uh, came to the conclusion that I want to be a chiropractor. And uh-huh. so I looked at my options and in Southern California, you, at the time, uh, there was, boy, there's no, there's no choices anymore except one college. Um, but there, there was Los Angeles College of Chiropractic uh, there was Cleveland, L.A., which is um, now shutting its doors, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. there was another college that has since shut its doors. And the name is escaping me, but it looked like he was run out of a Motel 6. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went ahead and I chose Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. It was, you know, somewhat okay. local, about an hour drive for me. And uh, that's that's where I went to chiropractic college.
0: What did your parents do? Were either one of them involved in healthcare care or chiropractic?
1: Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, my, my dad is an art teacher and my mom, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom and then she ended up going to work and, uh, got into, uh, computers and, uh, you know, cost scheduling and I don't know, things I really don't understand, but, um, you know, she was, she was working with techies and, uh, and, you know, I, I do have, um, a lot of medical people in my, in my extended family, however, uh, there's, um, a few doctors and some nurses and things like that. No chiropractors, but um, a lot of medicine. Now, although I think there is, there's an osteopath or two, but uh, I didn't know them well. Mm. What about you? Um, where did you grow up?
0: Well, I grew up in the great state of Georgia. I grew up in Kennesaw, Georgia, the only town in the United States where it's illegal not to own a gun. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, was tremendously famous in the southeast. I was Awesome Paul from Kennesaw. Oh, uh, no uh, that, that... that
1: explains your your, <laughs> your handle on Skype. <laughs> That's good.
0: Uh, I actually just made that up, but I was oh, okay. Awesome Paul from Kennesaw. So self-proclaimed. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, my father was uh, uh, he was an engineer. Or, uh, he's a retired engineer. Uh, my mother uh, was a stay-at-home mom. And um, I went to Life University because, same thing, it was close to home, uh, Mm -hmm. and it was uh, where my brother-in-law was going to school. My brother-in-law is uh, Stan Pierce, Jr. Um, Within the upper cervical community, the Pierce family is fairly well known. Uh, His father has been a—well, Stan is a fourth-generation chiropractor. Uh, His grandmother used to entertain B.J. Palmer— um, uh, because his grandfather was a uh, good friends with the, with BJ and, um, BJ Palmer swore that her fried chicken was the best in the universe.
1: Really? And, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: and, Did, uh, didn't know that BJ was a fried chicken man.
0: Uh, apparently. Well, actually, uh, BJ Palmer was a, uh, uh, a ravenous carnivore uh there there's supposedly a um oh I can't remember uh the name of it. there was some healthcare practitioner that uh, had a relationship with BJ that used to always tell him he was going to die of colon cancer because of all the meat he ate and um I think he did, did isn't that what he died from? Didn't he die from it, colon cancer?
1: I don't remember.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. so yes, he loved fried chicken, and he loved Mima's fried chicken in particular,
1: very interesting yeah, so you're you're from Georgia, you went to life uh when did you graduate life?
0: I graduated life right uh it was two thousand two um it was right when they were going through the uh accreditation issues with the c c e um i I graduated white uh-huh. right before all that went down
1: was it was it could you tell it that was it going down as you're graduating or you got out of there and then it happened
0: i got out of there and i mean like right under the wire wow um, yeah <laughs> um i think they lost their accreditation in october and i got out in august
1: i just interviewed guy reekman on stage mm-hmm. he's now the president of life and uh it was a great interview actually actually coming out. Uh, hopefully if everything goes right, I'm going to produce it tonight and it'll be out tomorrow morning.
0: Oh, but wow. that,
1: that was amazing. Um, interviewing Guy Reekman on stage in front of what had to be about 500 people out there in the audience and they, they were going ape. Wow. Wow. It's, yeah. It's quite a charge.
0: Yeah. I remember when, uh, uh, I was still pretty involved with the school even after, uh, I graduated just, just right there at the very end, mainly because I still had friends going there. And I remember how uplifting it was when it was announced that Guy Reekman was coming in. And in retrospect, from a technical standpoint, life never really lost accreditation. Um, it, it was, it was really a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, that's where I went to school and, um,
1: what topic are we on paul
0: yeah we're we're (laughs) on uh uh i guess the next topic would be how were we introduced to chiropractic
1: well let Um, me ask you that how are you how and actually that's a question that i've been asking people behind these microphones this weekend tell us your story Paul how did you fall into chiropractic
0: i grew up under chiropractic care my mom loved to go to the chiropractor but uh we didn't go. We went to very um, symptom based chiropractors. Uh, they talked the subluxation talk, but it was obvious that their actions were not subluxation based. Now, I didn't know this at the time. Um, I honestly believe that chiropractors were just glorified masseuses. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't need one from a pain perspective. My mom went because she was in pain, and she always wanted me to be a chiropractor, and I had no desire to be a chiropractor because, you know, I didn't want to be a glorified masseuse. And I went into the Army. Uh, I was in Korea. I jumped off the back of a truck in the middle of an ice storm, and I slipped and threw my back out. And in the middle of Korea... Uh, you're not going to find a chiropractor. I, there was one medical doctor. I was a medic in the Army. And okay. uh, there was one medical doctor who could do a side posture roll. And he was able to give me some relief. And uh, I would, they would send me to physical therapy. And the physical, I would tell the physical therapist. Wait, hold uh, on, let's back up for a
1: minute. Uh, there was one medical doctor that knew, like, a move. I, a move <laughs> and I have a move. Everybody yeah. stand back.
0: Exactly. And I saw uh,
1: this on TV <laughs> okay. and it was
0: totally unlike anything I had ever grown up under. So, uh, you know, I had no clue what he was doing, but he said, you know, I, I forget what he told me. He was a nice guy, you know, and he was just trying to help me. He's like, he closed the door. He says, don't tell anybody I did this to you. <laughs> and cause they, oh, they hated, uh, chiropractic, uh, in the army at the time. Um, and they would send me to the physical therapist and I would tell her, I says, I don't need you. I need a chiropractor.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: And, yes. And uh, anyway, Um, I got back home and the first thing I did was go back to my chiropractor and I would get relief, but it would last about as long as it took me to get out to the car. And so I thought that's just, that's just how it's going to be. Um, I, uh, I was just going to have to live with this. A lot of people do. So for 10 years, I suffered with low back pain and sciatica and, uh, my sister met, Stan Pierce Jr. And he was in clinic at school. He needed patients. So, uh, I was finishing up undergraduate school in Milledgeville, Georgia at the time. I drove up to life to become a patient of his. And he told me all about what was different about, uh, upper cervical work. And honestly, it made sense to me. And so I said, Hey, let's give it a try. Uh, took me through the exam. I remember the day that uh, for my first adjustment, which in school, everything always takes three times as long as it does in real life. So this is like my third or fourth visit. And I was in pain at the time, um, but fully functional because I'd learned to live with it. Laid me down on the table. They use this ancient, ancient, uh, adjusting instrument, um, that it literally looks like something out of a Frankenstein movie. He laid me down on my side, one little blink, and sat me back up. My first thought was, you're kidding. Now, what is, is? This is what I've been hearing about. You know? But I mm-hmm. was completely out of pain when he sat me up. And never it never came back, except one time when I messed my neck up And he had to take new pictures on me. But uh, after 10 years of that, um, one little adjustment fixed me. And that completely changed my view of chiropractic. I'm like, wow, this is not what I thought it was. Um, Now, at the time, I was planning on going to law school and into uh, PR of some sort. I had visions of uh, being in broadcast journalism, actually. And I said, uh, you know, there's got to be a way that I can somehow help promote upper cervical chiropractic. And my brother-in-law goes, well, why don't you just go to school and become a chiropractor? And I thought, well, yeah why don't I? So
1: yeah. I did. <laughs> okay. Um, for our listeners right now who may not understand what upper cervical chiropractic is, can you just give us a, I don't know, a 60 second elevator speech or so? What What is upper cervical chiropractic and how is it different from say full spine chiropractic?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Full uh, upper cervical chiropractic focuses primarily on the Uh, very top part of the spine, which consists of the base of the skull, the first bone of the spine called the atlas bone, and the second bone of the spine called the axis. Now, in particular, this technique uh, dealt uh, with the atlas only as far as adjusting. Um, The theory is every nerve in the body passes through this area and so by fixing this area you are positively affecting the rest of the nervous system that's the theory behind it it's usually very gentle it's very precise they take a series of films in order to measure exactly how the bone is moved and they precisely put it back in if you think of um the difference between a um Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, where a vitalistic approach to the spine Mm -hmm. or a mechanical approach to the spine, this is a really good mix of the two. It's very mechanical, but it's also very vitalistic at the same time.
1: You know, uh, you know, Paul, that I'm a B.J. Palmer kind of history buff, (laughs) I like like chiropractic history. Can you tell our listeners uh, about B.J. Palmer and his hole-in-one technique?
0: Well, hole-in-one is... um, We're not talking about golf, right? Right, we're not. Um, I have heard so many reasons why it's called hole-in-one. I don't know what's true, but the (laughs) one that makes the most sense is you... Fix, and this is, you know, basically a paraphrase from BJ, you fix everything with one adjustment. You adjust the, uh, I think actually he was talking about axis, the second bone, when he first came up with hole-in-one. You fix interesting. the axis, you uh-huh. fix everything else, you know. Set it, leave everything else alone, Innate will take care of everything else.
1: Very interesting.
0: Yeah. So how about you, Doctor Lamar? That was kind of wordy on my part, <laughs> but how uh, how did how did you decide that you wanted to be a chiropractor? How were you introduced to chiropractic?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, I my childhood had nothing to do with chiropractic. Um, it, my my like I, said, I had a grandpa who was a medical doctor. We'd go see him if we were sick and stuff like that. You know, chiropractic wasn't even in my, in my vocabulary. I remember. Um, early on in college seeing a chiropractic office and you know just it just wasn't even on my radar I I didn't even really consider it if you would ask me you know early on in college like what's the chiropractor I would have said um, um, somebody I I probably would have put it on the same par of equivalency as a podiatrist I would say oh that's a spine doctor you know like Mm. a podiatrist as a foot doctor Um, I wanted I think it was around ninth grade I wanted to be a medical doctor um, I'm fascinated by the, the human body. And so the classes that I took in high school really were with that in mind. And so I took a lot of um, sciences a little earlier so I could take some upper division, you know, AP courses. And uh, and that was kind of my, my track, if you will. I I, I got into um, the University of California, Riverside, and did their pre-med kind of uh classwork and actually started volunteering in the hospital and did that for three straight years. And I got to the point where it was time for me to plop down some money for the MCAT test. And the MCAT is the SAT for medical schools. Yeah. And, you know, and I was going through a lot of kind of turmoil in my head going, I don't know if I really want to do this. <laughs> and when I actually had to like, you know, put, uh, you know, I out a checkbook and write a check. I was like, oh man. Lamar, are you really serious about this? You know, and I was just like, ah. Oh. and, you know, I've been volunteering in the hospital, which was a great program. Uh, Riverside General Hospital had a pre-med rotation program, and I had the opportunity to basically put on a white coat. They gave me a stethoscope, so I looked, uh, you know, official, and I got to, like, hang out with the medical students and the residents and just be a fly on the wall and it was cool I did that once a week for three hours and there was even a time um, during break where I said I want to live the hospital like the medical students do and and (laughs) I got to do that and uh, but I will say throughout all that experience I never came in contact with a doctor that was excited about what he was doing Mm. they were all and many of them actually came up to me saying, why do you want to do this? Seriously. And, you know, granted, you have to understand that I was talking primarily with residents who, you know, were on, doing these 72-hour shifts and they were you know, just dead tired, which is, I think is just horrible they have to do that. But, you know, nobody was excited. Nobody had purpose. Nobody had drive. And, you know, I would say, well, I want to help people. And I remember one uh, female um, intern saying to me once, do you want to help people? Why don't you sell hamburgers? That would help them. You know, feed them a meal. And uh, I was like, oh, man. Um, And so here we are doing the MCAT uh, signups. And I was like, I just don't know if I want to do this. And right at that time, the University of California Riverside was having a health uh, careers day. And I was like, I'm going to go to that thing. It was like a fair, right? And uh, I, I'm going to look at every booth. I don't care if I've said I don't want to do it. I'm just going to look at everybody and just kind of give everybody a fair shot because I really feel that health, something in the health profession is what I want to do because I'm so fascinated with the human body. And so I looked at everything from podiatry to dentistry to physical therapists, uh, physical therapy rather, to this thing called chiropractic, which honestly I didn't know much about. And keep in mind, this is really um, – well, pre-internet from a popular standpoint, you know, we couldn't get on the internet and do research like we can now. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know much about it, So, but I got everybody's brochure and I kept coming back to this thing called chiropractic. Again, it was just for the spine. And as I started reading his literature, it's like, wow, this is much bigger than I was giving it credit for. Because um, I guess what attracted me to medicine at the time was if I was ever on a desert island and somebody's like, is there a doctor around? I need help. I wouldn't be like, hey, I can help you, yeah. you know? Not like, oh, I'm a podiatrist. If you don't have a corn, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I can't help you with that. I just deal with feet. So I wanted to be able to help the whole person. And this idea that chiropractic is able to help the whole person, and it was in a way that rocked my world. The paradigm of of health that chiropractic was standing on was so foreign to me. I was just like, oh, I've got questions. You know, and, and so I, I remember calling up this chiropractor because he said, here's my card if you ever ready to talk to me. And I said, can I come down and talk to you? And this guy was so great. He said, come on down. I get off at five or I think it was, let's say, and, um, on a Monday and I went down there and I stayed there for like three hours Mm. and we just talked and I started to really get excited about chiropractic and I was like, this is great. So I went home and I cracked open the yellow pages and I started calling all the chiropractors in the area and asking them if I could come over and talk with them. And, um, You know, each chiropractor, and no one said no, by the way, each chiropractor that I talked to, they all had this common thread. And the common thread was they were excited about what they were doing. Some of them were even jumping off the walls. They were so excited. And I was like, oh, I, this is what I want to do. And keep in mind, I hadn't even been adjusted at this point, but I have had low back pain for since the age of 14. I had lifted a snow cone machine at the neighbor girl's birthday party, trying to be helpful. And uh, something was... I felt something slip in my back, no pain at the time. The next day in the high school PE class, we were playing flag football. Somebody threw a ball, and it, it was over. I was just, like, mm. pretty much collapsed. And I had a bad back, and that's who I was known as Tom with a bad back. I had to sit <sighs> out with PE for a long time. We went to the medical doctor. He said, bend down, touch your toes. He goes, oh, I know what's wrong. You know, you've strained your back, and here's um, here's a prescription for Naperson. Mm which is a leave. But yeah. then back then it was, it wasn't over the counter, but who cares? So the point is that's what he gave me. And he said, no right. PE. And I mean, wow, how exciting was that? I lived with back pain throughout my entire teenage life. Wow. And then we found this thing called chiropractic and I was really, I was just, I was sold on it just because I bought into the concept and the people were excited and they were driven. And then my back went out, almost like clockwork, you know, I was lifting the Christmas tree or whatever, and and it went out, and then for the first time, I was like, okay, let's give this thing a shot, because typically, when my back would go out, it was like, it's I could count on two or three weeks of just misery and just trying to work through it, and this guy put me on my side, gave me an adjustment, and it was just, it was a miracle adjustment. You, we've, we all have them. Um, you know, I was doing cartwheels afterwards. My, my pain went from, you know, a, a 99 out of 100 to like a 2, And it was just amazing because I had never had that kind of pain reduction ever, as well as the return of function. And that was just, it blew my socks off. And I was like, where do I become one of these? This is what I want to do. And I'll tell you, Paul, as soon as I made that decision, everything in my life started gaining clarity. It was great. Hmm.
0: You know, it's interesting uh, uh, right there at the very end when you mentioned it was more than just pain relief. And that's exactly how I would have explained my Uh, situation too. I had had relief before. Uh, but when I got up off the table, it was something different. It wasn't just relief. The problem was gone and it's something that's hard to put into words. And it's interesting that you had the exact same experience.
1: Mm -hmm. That is interesting. And we both became chiropractors. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: now you went to, um, Los Angeles, uh, LACC, right? That's that's what you said, correct? Yeah,
1: LACC. They've since changed their name, but that I'm sticking to the LACC. I don't like changing names. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, my impression has always been that they are not necessarily a sublux- subluxation based school. Is that correct or incorrect?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, subluxation was a bad word on campus. Uh, it, it wasn't even mentioned. And if you'd say it, they'd be like, oh, we, don't, we, don't, we, we, we call it segmental dysfunction and, or whatever they call it. And I think it was segmental dysfunction.
0: Yeah, subluxation
1: so ha- was, wasn't, wasn't used. and um, But I, I knew the word. And you're right. It's, it's LACC. Uh, kind of the joke around is, you know, if you want to become a paramedic, go to LACC. <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened.
0: <laughs> so how does a chiropractor who goes to a school like that end up becoming such a principled,
1: subluxation-based chiropractor? God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, well, you know. okay, so, you know, that's, uh, yeah, God. God moved me up to Washington State. Why, I don't know. Everybody in my, on, on my campus, they were like, who in the world would go to Washington State? So I guess I raised my hands and I'll do it. And for our, our listeners, every state in the, in the nation has its own scope of practice with regards to chiropractic. And they're all basically the same. There's some little nuances here and there. But for some reason, Washington state has probably the strictest scope of practice. Meaning that you know um, in at Los Angeles College of Chiropractic and all the chiropractic colleges, you know they learn physiotherapy techniques, you know uh, electrical stem and ultrasound, and all those different things that we can do in conjunction with the adjustment and in Washington State, you really can't do any of that, so the joke was, why would you want to go there? That's like tying one hand behind your back mm. and um, and I ended up there, and i'll tell you you know i I graduated very confused as to you know i I didn't value the adjustment like I value it now, but by moving up to a state where everything else was taken away from me basically. And all I could do was use my hands. It kind of causes you to fall in love with chiropractic for the right reasons. Hmm. And so it's really been kind of uh, the the whole principle thing. It's been an evolution because in my opinion, the, the condition based symptomatic pain type practice it's not very fulfilling. It doesn't work. It's like beating your head against the wall and there's, there's just no vision with it. And I just really got excited when um, one of the things I do is, is I write uh, a newspaper column for our local paper at the, the Kingston community news. And you got to understand Kingston is a very small town uh, in the, you know, there's, they only have, it's run by the County. So it's, there's not even city limits, but um, you know, I say that within the, geographical defined what Kingston is, there's about 3000 people. Hmm. And so, you know, for me to, uh, to land, uh, the ability to write something for the local paper, that was, it wasn't too hard, but, uh, I've been doing <laughs> it for 14 years and, uh, monthly I, I do it and I've written a lot of articles on chiropractic and some of them have been, you know, just <laughs> downright condition based articles and which is okay. But yeah. What really kind of just stoked my fire, Paul, was when I started writing articles that challenged people's way of thinking and really started to kind of get in tune with the, the principled chiropractic, um, you know, principles, right? you know, uh, about, you know, how our bodies are self-healing and self-regulating and um, really, you know, just rocking people's world. As an example, when I was investigating this thing called chiropractic, I could not understand how somebody could have their headaches go away you know what i mean with mm-hmm. with chiropractic without an aspirin yeah. i always thought you had to have an aspirin to make a headache go away that's what my parents would do they'd go buy the big bottle and whenever yeah. they had a headache that's what they would reach for and so this idea that that our bodies can help us our bodies are capable of healing it, it just it was just wild and so i'm trying with my articles to kind of bring people to, uh, at least challenge people to ask better questions. And that's really what, uh, I guess, to kind of move into the podcast, that's what Spinal Column Radio really was, was founded on.
0: Right. You uh, had said before, maybe in your first couple of Spinal Column Radio podcasts, about how you had uh, written these articles and you were looking for a way to repurpose the content um, and that's how you got into podcasting. Uh, is that correct?
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty much. Yeah. So we have these articles, we want to repurpose them, you know, um, just looking, I'm always looking to do something a little different with practice. You know, I want to be kind of outside of the box kind of guy. And, um, we just thinking well, what could we do to re- repurpose these and the idea of a podcast came up. And if you listen to say episode zero, I kind of get into this, but you know, I've always, Enjoyed talking behind a microphone and uh, probably I was podcasting before podcasting was, was possible. And this idea that, you know, we could um, actually podcast, I could actually get behind a microphone again and it would be legitimate and we we could actually, it could help people and I could combine the passion of chiropractic with my just love for, you know, talking behind a mic. How cool is that? And so I was kind of like, well, I can start that tomorrow. You know, I'm ready. But I'm like, oh, but I don't know how to do an RSS feed, and iTunes, blah, blah, and all this stuff. And so I found, you know, the podcast Answer Man rather quickly, and uh, we we got started.
0: Well, how, how did you even know about podcasting as a category? Did you have podcasts that you were already listening to?
1: No. Actually, that's a great question. Um, I need to ask you a question pretty soon. <laughs> uh, but basically... I think it was my first laptop uh, computer that I got. I, I had a Macintosh and I jumped onto this thing called iTunes. And I just noticed there was a category called podcasting. And I think I might have, you know, just listened to one or two. And I was like, Oh, huh. I used to do something like that. Well, that's kind of <laughs> cool. And that was all I gave it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't go back or anything like that. You know, just kind of like, Oh, I used to do something like that. I didn't make the connection to that at that point. It wasn't until, um, shoot, five years, six years later that I would connect the dots and go, I should be doing this. Uh. So Elam, let me ask you a question. So um what was the last question I asked you?
0: <laughs> um we talked about uh where I went to school. It was kind of a combination of the various topics. Yeah,
1: we we talked about HIO and um yeah I I have a great question for you. Um you have quite a story. And it's it's a story that I, I want you to flesh out a little bit for us. Uh, you had a practice in Sarasota, Florida, that, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, was humming along quite nicely, mm-hmm. and and then something something happened, and I don't quite know what it is, but you you wanted to concentrate more on being a dad, yeah, being a husband, and you just sold and moved, and you moved your family out to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds really cool. Can you just kind of uh, take us through that?
0: Yes. Um, there were several factors, uh, that, um, led to that decision and they all did kind of center back on, you know, what, what is, what are my priorities here? Um, in 2005, uh, I was newly married. My wife was pregnant uh It was first trimester of uh uh pregnancy, and I believe this was two thousand five um We got married in two thousand four maybe this was two thousand four uh, we had uh left. The clinic early. For the first year uh, that I was in practice, I I was around my wife 24-7. We were around each other 24-7. And um, we went home early this day because Hurricane Charlie was coming. And I'm sitting on the couch. Shelly's fallen asleep. And I'm watching this Category 5 Wrath of God comes straight for my front door. <laughs> and I'm looking around. We live in a townhome, and all I've got is 15 gallons of water, if anything were to happen to us. And I go, Hambrick, you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this, you are not protecting your wife. You, who cares if you're a chiropractor in Florida with a practice? You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And uh I mean I, I didn't think I was gonna die. I thought it was gonna just gonna come through and wipe everything away. And it literally it made me reassess, you know, what's important here. Um and uh at the last second, I, I don't know if you remember Charlie, but I mean it was making a beeline for Sarasota. And uh at the very last second before landfall, it made a right turn and it completely bypassed us. Wow. And um, I was like, you know, this this is not good. That's what really started the wheels turning. It was just you need to get your family out of Florida. Um, then later in the year was uh, uh, Katrina. Uh, and that was just more evidence. You know, I, I got to get out of hurricane country. But at the same time, I was uh, listening to uh, uh, several different series, uh, sermon series talking about you know the responsibility of uh, uh, a husband as the leader of the family, and I could honestly see my position as I was married to the practice, and I was married to Shelly, and at some point I was going to have to pick. Um, we were having kids, and I had a lot of debt, and uh, you know, I, I really had to make a decision about, uh, what was I going to focus on? Um, her family, uh, all lived in this area and we knew we wanted to be close to her. So I just made plans, sold the practice and we moved out, uh, here to be close to her family. Um, uh, was there more in regards to that that you wanted me to talk about, or does that... Uh... No, so you,
1: you've been on sabbatical now, right? Well, or I had been. There's been, been, a, there's been for, a change, yes. Yes, Tell us about that. Uh,
0: I was. Uh, I, I took a three-year sabbatical from practice, um, and uh, for those three years, I focused on uh, writing newsletters for upper cervical doctors. Um, I didn't just write them for upper cervical doctors, actually, uh, but it was primarily for upper cervical doctors to send to their patients. When I was in practice in Florida, I started a newsletter, and it just went like gangbusters. I I could not believe the response that I got to just sending out a newsletter every month. And so uh, when I moved out here, it was a service that I could provide to other doctors. And So I did that for three years and um, uh, also did um, some marketing and web development work for other companies, uh, primarily a manufacturing company. I still do that, too. Um, But I started interviewing upper cervical doctors, prominent upper cervical doctors, purely to publish on the web so that I could uh, attract upper cervical doctors to my website to learn about my newsletter service. Uh, so that's how I got started in podcasting.
1: Really? So um, the, the podcast was really the, um, I don't use the word bait, but it was a way to attract potential uh, customers Right. For, for your product. Yes. By giving it some legitimacy. Exactly. Exactly. How interesting. So you were podcasting before you knew it was called podcasting.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. I, I knew about podcasting. Um, I just didn't necessarily consider what I did podcasting well, to were, me.
1: Were, were you, were you, was there an RSS feed involved or were you just putting audio on your website?
0: I was just putting audio on my website at the time. So
1: technically you weren't podcasting. That's not technically podcasting. But when you put In, an RSS feed, it becomes a podcast.
0: Within, uh, Probably four or five months of doing it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I did add an RSS feed, but I didn't pay much attention to it uh, because, again, you know, to me, calling what I was doing podcasting would be like calling my Twitter account literature. Uh, that that's the way I <laughs> that's the way I thought of it anyway. Um, but yes, in the very beginning, I was purely just publishing audio programs on my website with no RSS feed.
1: Oh, that's interesting now. Um, so I'm just looking at the time right now. We're going to have to wrap up here pretty soon, but let's just kind of bring this to a close. What has podcasting done for, for your life and your career, and um, where do you see it going in the future for UpperCervicalDocs.com?
0: Well, the main thing that it has done is uh, it, it's made me an authority figure within the industry, um, uh that's the biggest impact that it's had. I have not personally had the opportunity to use it yet to attract patients. But I do know that it is creating um, uh, new patients for doctors that I have interviewed. Um, I had one doctor who told me that... Uh, There was two upper cervical doctors in their town, and uh, they were deciding, I think they lived right in between both of them, and she couldn't decide which one to go to, heard an interview with me uh, interviewing him, and so she said, well, I'll go with him, because the personality of the doctor got out there with the interview, and so... um, Dr Hall who I do testimonial Tuesday with uh, it's published every Tuesday uh, at upper cervical docs.com focusing purely on conditions that have been helped um, once a person's uh, upper cervical area has been corrected he gets uh, new patients as a result of people who have found uh, the podcast um so that is uh, the impact that it has had. Um, my focus has really changed from uh, solely promoting uh, my newsletter business to really being a um, a service to the broader community uh, for upper cervical. Just getting the word out. You know, the, these are regardless of what you think you're suffering from. Uh, you need to make sure that your upper cervical area is, um, in position. And, uh, I would like to just keep doing that for the time being. I mean, I, I have plans of, uh, uh, expanding it, uh, somehow. I I actually am not completely sure how I'll expand it, but for the time being, I want to continue doing in particular Testimonial Tuesday as a, a service to the uh, broader community for upper cervical chiropractic.
1: I think that is so great. Um, that is one of the things that I too am doing. Uh, we, we need to get the word out. And what what's so great about podcasting is that it enables us to do that. Um, it really podcasting really levels the playing field on on a, in a lot of different ways. You know, we as a profession do not have the deep pockets to be putting commercial after commercial after commercial out there, like the pharmaceutical industry does and yeah. one of the great things I love about podcasting is its niche type of content, and that means that people get to listen to what they want and so if you have somebody who is somewhat interested in chiropractic, all of a sudden it's like it's out there and they've got, you've, they've got spinal column radio, upper cervical docs.com. There's a bunch of us out there. Um, hopefully there will be more, but it's, it's like a groundswell and we can get our, get our message out in, in a great way. Um, so I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, I would just, and I would echo too, you know, um, as, as a podcaster, uh, it does kind of position you as an authority figure and, um, which is great. So, from a marketing standpoint, you know, to be able to say, oh, you know, I, ha- I have a radio show, it's like, oh, because not everybody does. Eventually, everybody will, and you'll have to move on to something else. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's just uh, that's kind of how that is. But people are starting to come in here now. Okay. Um, what? Uh, one of the things well, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
0: go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I just you 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 mentioned another thing that that kind of was 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 exciting to me. Oh, and that's the the fact that when you listen to a podcast, and Cliff Ravenscraft talks about this all the time, he goes, you know, you are connecting with that person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I will have um, an example that that I'll, I will share is uh, that there's there's one patient that came in, brand new patient, found out that we had a podcast like, oh, cool, and we have some little you know, marketing material to show him where to go and to, to listen to him, and he comes back for his second visit. As, as a matter of fact, to to clarify, it was his wife that came in. He came with, with her, and he was going to hold off for a while because of finances or whatever. He goes, let's get my wife taken care of first. yeah He goes home. He listens to – well, he, he comes in the next day, and he goes, I don't want you to get a big head or anything, but – I listened to every one of your podcasts, (laughs) and at that point, I had like twenty-two or twenty-three. I was like every one of them, and his wife nods. She's like every one of them. (laughs) They were going on all the time in the house, and and it was just kind of cool because it's like I could. He, he knew what I was going to – I was like – so I was about to say something. He'd be like, oh, I know, I, I know what you're going to say because you've already said it. I've heard it on you know, episode whatever. And so it was kind of like he already knew me. There was a relationship. It was a one-way relationship at that point. But he knew yep. me. He had already bought into me, and, and he was – he started chiropractic care that day. Mm. He was like, oh, we shifted some things around. I want to start now. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that was, that was pretty cool. And, you know, that's just, that's one example. I, you know, I, I guess full disclosure, I don't have streams of people coming in and saying, I heard you on the podcast. Yeah. I think that can change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you just can't start a podcast tomorrow and think that you're going to have, you know, 10,000 listeners. It just doesn't happen that way. And not every topic is ever going to do that either. You know, if, well, if you're doing a, a, a podcast on, uh, you know, bird dog training or something like that. You may not have a lot of people that listen, but I will tell you the people that do listen, they're committed to your content and they can't get enough of it. Right.
0: Well, for you in particular, it seems like your direction changed dramatically. You initially started a patient service and kind of became an industry service.
1: You know, you're right. Um, and I, all I can tell you is that I don't know the direction that this is really going. I'm kind of holding on for the ride, but uh, we started out doing a lot of podcasts meant for the lay public, and then I did the uh, B.J. Palmer on the radio uh, series, and that caught the attention um, of a principal chiropractic group back here on the East Coast, New Beginnings Chiropractic Weekends, and before I knew it, I was on the phone with Dr. Jim Dubell. He says, you've got to come out here, and you've got to interview our big-name speakers, and, and I was like, how can I say no? And, uh, so we, we went ahead and we, we started doing that. So I've been doing a lot of interviews and then, uh, from new beginnings, we went to California jam with Billy DeMoss and then we're back here at new beginnings again. And, you know, I've got after, after today, whew, what about 75, 80, um, interviews with really great chiropractors. And I, I can't even, you know how it is podcasting. Mean, it's hard to get those out. <laughs> I've got such a backlog, but, um, I will tell you that, Getting behind this mic and talking to these chiropractors, it's been, it's been this evolution revolution for me. You know, it, it came at the right time, and I'm I'm just um, I can't get enough of it, and I, I'm just feeding off of what these these chiropractors are talking about, and uh, really getting stronger and stronger in my convictions for chiropractic as I do spinal column radio.
0: Purely a human interest question. Um, okay. Do you have any podcasts, uh, do you have any favorite podcasts that you listen to now?
1: That are not my own? Yes. Oh, well, I'm addicted to the podcast answer, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I listen to every one of those. Um, I'm always trying to take my podcast to the next level, as, as Cliff would say, and I'm I'm just so fascinated by the art of podcasting and, and broadcasting too. And um, in addition to Spinal Column Radio, I don't know if you've done any uh, you know, deep research, but I, I also um, produce, um, I do a podcast for our church called, uh, it's uh, Scanny Bible Church uh, Podcast at mm-hmm. ScannyBibleChurch.org. And my wife does a podcast called the Happy Home Podcast. And I chime in, I help her produce that. But at the end, whatever she's talking about, uh, we'll, we'll banter back and forth. That's fun. Um, I also do uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, has a, a two-minute radio spot that we do on uh, AM radio, and that's also in a podcast form. And I just started another podcast for the Rotary Club I'm in called Service Above Self Radio, where we are interviewing um, people in the community uh, from you know, clubs and organizations or just individuals, um, in addition to Rotary members that are rolling up their sleeves, getting a phone call, <laughs> to rolling up their, their sleeves to uh, to make a difference in the community. And so – um, I love podcasting Wow! And, uh, and I just can't get enough of it. I, obviously spinal column radio is the flagship program, but, um, it's just kind of addicting. Yeah. And so I, I, honestly, I don't listen to any other podcasts on a regular basis. Um, some here and there, but mostly podcast answer, man. And of course my own.
0: Wow. Well, <laughs> you, you said, like, I
1: have, I have caught an upper cervical docs a few times. So I do, I have listened to some of your stuff. Have you? Yeah, well, absolutely.
0: You you've got to so be sorry. unbelievably busy. I thought I was busy. <laughs> How are you able to do all that and be a father of six kids?
1: You know, I'm working on that part. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's we got to try to strike a little bit better of a balance. And uh, you know, my wife she's she's very patient with me. And uh, one of the reasons you know I do my podcast with with my kid is as much as possible, is so we can spend some time together. Yeah. Uh, but it does take some time. And so in, you know, this is kind of a learning process for me. We're what, 16 months into this and uh, learning how to streamline things a little better, get the workflow better. Um, and, uh, trying to just, uh, you know, um, like as, as an example, I'm trying to do a lot of my community podcasts only on Thursdays. So it's kind of like Thursday afternoons. When I get home, I interview a couple people and just get that done. And then I don't touch it for the rest of the week. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Well, Dr. Lamar, this has been an absolute pleasure.
1: Well, I, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I, um, this is, it, it was a little hard because, uh, you know, I, I used to, I, it's just weird kind of a, just having a conversation. And I, I probably didn't ask you as many questions as I would have liked to. But uh, wow, this is a long podcast, longer than <laughs> I <really> do. <laughs> it sounds hey. like if, if you and I could get together and we could probably just talk for several hours. Probably. On lots of different topics.
0: Maybe you should add another podcast to your repertoire.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at my max. (laughs) I have to to start, you know, trimming the bush here. (laughs) Right, right.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Lamar. Uh, And
1: thank you, uh, Dr. Paul Hambrick of UpperCervicalDocs.com. What a pleasure it has been to talk with you. I've been looking forward to uh, getting on Skype with you for for quite some time. And uh, it's just kind of neat that we were able to do it while I'm here at the New Beginnings Chiropractic Weekend Conference.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you can check out Dr. Lamar at SpinalColumnRadio.com. Thanks a lot. You have a good weekend and make sure that uh, uh, you get plenty of rest after all this
1: excitement. Thank you, Paul. What a pleasure and God bless you.
0: You too.